Well, these aren't for vision. These are blue lights. That's fair. I don't, I don't want to get a headache staring at my computer. For That's fair. I always wear my glasses because I don't That's, have contacts hey, right now. Hey, shut up. <laughs> I just woke up late today. She said well, anyways, like hey, it. everybody. Welcome back to Distracted, <laughs> where I love to Thanks, make Aaron. all three of my siblings regret everything ever. So Distracted, <laughs> where, where, where the opening of our <laughs> podcast is a jump scare to us. Exactly. You're welcome. Um, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Distracted, Quartet of Chaos. We are super excited to be back with another episode. Um, we're super excited that you have tuned in to listen to us because we know you're, we're your favorite Disney podcast. There's just, there's so many you could choose and you're listening to us, so. It sounded <laughs> like uh, the dog was laughing at you! Prerequisite apology. <laughs> um, I have a dog and two cats, and as you can tell already, they're all quite loud all the time. And full of sass. That too. That too, so... <laughs> My apologies. I can't control them. They're wild. And then also, uh, apologies to any headphone users. We do tend to get kind of loud. I do my best. But as I say all the time, um, I don't get paid for this, and I'm not a professional. So <laughs> I can only do so much in editing. Um, anyways, if you are new to us, what you have just tuned into is the Distracted Podcast. We're watching through all of the Walt Disney Animation Studios feature films in order of release date and covering each one of them. And today, we are covering The Great Mouse Detective. So we're going to be talking through that movie. And if you are not new, then thanks for coming back. We appreciate you, uh, and we love you. And we're excited. We're in for a pretty good episode, I think, hopefully, if my dog will ever shut up. <laughs> Straight up, I have no idea whose it is at this point. Oh, it's 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 radar, it's one hundred percent radar. Um, but we've got a pretty good episode in store for you. I've got a lot of fun facts. We got a, a lot to talk about. It's gonna we be... also have snazzy stats. We have those as well. Yes, <laughs> we have those. Um, well done, Adam. Bef- well done. Before we get into it, I want to introduce us. Um, so, again, if you're new, there's four of us. Uh, we're siblings. We're related. We all have the same blood running through our veins. Um, Is that and how it works? I, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> um, so I'm going to introduce the four of us and typecast us as a character from the movie, because that's always fun. Um, so for starters, I'm going to start with myself. I don't typically typecast myself first, except for on the holidays episodes. Um, I am Aaron. I'm your hopefully humble host. I'm the third oldest of the four of us Wilson siblings, and I gave myself... Radigan today um, because I try to be fancy but we all know underneath I am not you're a rat and then also I get I get angry really easily um yeah I, I don't know I just I just kind of felt like I fit well as Radigan okay. so um you know then next we'll jump to Adam Adam's the second of the four of us, and I don't have a great reason for it. I just was vibing with it. Adam, you are Fidget the Bat. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, it just works, you know. Like he's I a just, little gremlin, and I relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love Fidget. 
personally. Midget's great, and I'm, I, it is taking every ounce of self-control I have not to try to do his voice. Well, I'm very proud of you for not doing his voice. So next, we have Abby. She's the youngest of the four of us and the only girl. And Abby, you are Toby the dog because really? you are full of energy and always ready to help. Mm. And for some reason, you hate Dawson. So, is is that not your friend Dawson? Dawson, the Wait. assistant. No, I'm saying. I, I don't. I don't get that reference. I don't get it, but okay. Yeah, every time he sees Dawson, he growls at him. That I get, I know, but, but why, I don't know how that correlates that with Abby. That I would be Toby based on that. Would... You wouldn't. That was okay. Okay, you were you were you were describing the character. I thought you were describing Abby, and I was like, <laughs> no, I was like, I'm very. I was describing the character in an attempt to be humorous, and it failed. So ah, I see. Um, we're just gonna move past this because awkward um and then lastly we have andrew the eldest child andrew is very easily basil of baker street oh yes in, <laughs> yeah. just very very impulsive um the second something doesn't work out perfectly it's oh man that it's failed like, well, i just i, I just, gotta give up now there is no hope <laughs> <laughs> i may oh, as well man. quit my entire career Aaron, i'm very so surprised that, that you didn't cast anybody as dawson I I was thinking about it, but I'm pretty happy with with the uh, the casting that I've laid out. I think so. Um, yeah. So that's the four of us. We are the quartet of chaos. Um, yeah. Now we can we can jump in. We're talking about the Great Mouse Detective. So let's hear some fun facts and snazzy stats about the Great Mouse Detective. Um, this is the 26th movie, so we are moving right along. Um, the Great Mass Detective was released in theaters on July 2nd of 1986 and has a runtime of 74 minutes. Um, it was based on a book called Basil of Baker Street, which I is about a mouse detective that lived in the basement of Sherlock Holmes. Um, I, I did not realize that that book existed. So I didn't either. At one point, the working title for this movie was The Mouse of Baskerville because of the Sherlock Holmes book, The Hounds of Baskerville. The Hounds Baskerville. of Baskerville. Okay, that's mm -hmm. fun. And then somebody, some, I'm sorry if I took one of your fun facts, Aaron. No, no, no. But uh, somebody not came in. There was a lot of different working titles. I don't know if it was Michael Eisner or what. Somebody came in and was like, no, we don't like that. And then the, they people got upset. I know that one of my work friends, I was telling them this was the episode we were doing next. And they, they were like, oh, The Mouse of Baskerville. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they explained it to me. I was like, oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. This, and no, um, it was not Argamanda. Shout out to Pippi. This movie. Oh, cool. If she listens to this, I don't think she does. This movie <laughs> went through several working titles. Um, even after the movie came out, it was... I'll jump to a fun fact real quick. In uh, its re-release, it was re-released re in theaters one time in 1992, and it was re-released under the title The Adventures of the Great Mouse Detective. Huh. And then when it came out on uh, home media on VHS, it was just The Great Mouse Detective again. So, I think that um, one's better. I yeah. think The Adventures I think so too. Short, sweet it to is. the point. But <laughs> I think that's pretty funny that you mentioned that, Andrew, because even after... The movie was released. It still they were had still trying to change the name. So. 
so that's pretty cool. Which I do think that um, makes sense because this movie has a like it's the the way this movie is. I'm like you could call it a lot of different things and get the point across and have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think the absolutely. Mouse of Baskerville is maybe one of the better. <laughs> oh, agreed. <laughs> so. I I like that a lot personally, but. Um, anyways, the budget for the film was fourteen million dollars, and the box office brought in thirty-eight point seven million, so it did quite well. Okay. Um, it a little over doubled. Uh, and we can jump into some of the crew. So we've got four directors for this movie. The first two are, of course, John Musker and Ron Clements. Yeah! Musker and Clements have started talking about them on the last episode. Uh, the Black Cauldron, but this movie is the beginning of the beautiful, famous partnership duo. of Musker and Clements. Mm-hmm. So, how you might exciting! Say the dynamic duo. That is true. You might say that. And you know what I learned? The two of them are not Disney legends. What? Well, that's crime. a shame. Right? Is, is um Disney does love crime? Uh, the 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 other director that was here a lot for like Sword and the uh, Sword and the Stone. Oh, yeah, that's Wolfgang Reitherman. He was one of the Nine Old Men. Oh, so, right, I forget he was a Nine Old Men. Ignore me. Mm-hmm. So he was... He, uh, the Nine Old Men and Of Iwerks were some of the very first people to be given that title. So, Which, Of Iwerks was the guy that helped Walt create the company. He was, like, one of the first people to ever help him with animation and stuff. So, okay. okay, cool. Um, so he and the Nine Old Men were some of the first people to it, do that. Musker and Clemens deserve to be Disney legends, and it's a shame they haven't been yet. Because they've done yeah. so many, there's a lot of so people that I feel like most recently, should be legends that mm-hmm. that don't have that title yet. I believe their most recent movie was Moana. I think that was, and that was their last one. They they've last. both retired since. Oh, okay. so. oh they, I didn't know they retired. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, they bring them out of retirement, do a live action remake they've, of Treasure Planet. No, no, I think right. they've helped a little bit with some storyboard and stuff post Moana, but they've retired from directing since Moana, at least. Uh, but anyways, Musker and Clements, we love them. Oh, they're great. And then next we have Dave Missioner, who he did a lot of story work for several of the previous movies, like Box and the Hound, The Rescuers, uh, okay. Black Cauldron, some of those. Uh, and he just moved up into directing. And then our final director is also our producer for the movie, and we're going to take a few minutes to talk about him because he oh deserves boy. it. Okay. Uh, this is a man named Bernie Mattinson, and... He is incredible. He has the longest. He has he has the honor of being the longest serving Disney employee ever. He worked oh! for Disney for over seven decades. I I know exactly. You know who I'm talking about now. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I knew I recognized the name. He saw Pinocchio in theaters when he was a little boy, and he I think it was Pinocchio. Um. And he knew he wanted to work for Disney. So he started working for Disney as, like, something that's the equivalent of, like, the mailroom. Like, some some low position because they weren't hiring animators. And then he ended up working his way up to being in what's called an in-betweener, which is where you're given um, animation cells and creating the in-between frames that create movement. So not, like, actually animating cells, just creating the in-between moments that make movement and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was able to move up into animation by doing the in-betweener position. And then as he kept working through stuff, he was trained by three different nine old men. He worked under Mark Davis, 
Eric Larson, and Ollie Johnston. Wow. He was oh, wow. trained by three different nine old men throughout his career and ended up becoming an animator um, and just kept working with Disney more and more until Adam, we've talked about him because he was the director of Mickey's Christmas Carol. He was? Oh. He was. He pitched the idea for Mickey's Christmas Carol to Ron Miller. I did not realize In the four years Ron that. Miller. I didn't realize who Bernie Mattinson was when we talked about that movie, but I've learned about him since. Right. But he pitched the idea to Ron Miller and then directed it, so it was all his idea for Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, and he has worked on so many movies. His last official movie that he worked on was Strange World. Um, he unfortunately did die this year, mm-hmm. in 2023. Mm. Um, but he, not long before he died, was able to make a special cameo at the beginning of Once Upon a Studio. He's the old man at the beginning of Once Upon a Studio. No way. Yep. Uh-huh. And, and then he died before it came out, so it was released posthumously, I, but it was released in his honor. Because I saw him in that and went, I don't know who this is, but clearly this is somebody like, the way he's in here, I'm like, you're somebody important, and then found out who he was later. And that yeah. was Bernie Mattinson. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, a Disney legend. Um, Rightfully so, he has earned that title because he worked his way way to it for sure. But after he did some directing around this time, obviously because it's around the same time that Mickey's Christmas Carol came out, Um, and then for a lot of his career after his directorial stuff, um, once you get like in the Renaissance, he did story work and storyboarding and uh, concept art and all that kind of stuff. So he's done basically everything. Worked in every kind of version of the company's um, departments, like whatever whatever word you would use to describe animation as a whole, like every department of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done everything, and unfortunately he did, he did die this year, but Once Upon a Studio is dedicated to him, and Wish that is coming out this month is dedicated in his honor as well. So while it is kind of a sad news bears, I feel like this one is the the, the high the the most highlighted and uplifting one where it's like yeah no yes. it is sad Absolutely. that he passed but it's like he has been giving especially recently the recognition he deserves yeah so he was a huge part of disney and it is very sad to see that he's gone but very happy to see how much of disney's history he touched so and also if you haven't um, for the four of you and for any of our listeners Go watch Once Upon a Studio. It is so It's so good. good. I, oh my God. I've seen it, I, but I'm going to watch it I after cried. This. I sobbed. It's so oh, good. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Man, I just died inside. I think we might do a special episode, just in honor of it that we're still in the 100th year. I think we may do a, a special short episode, the four of us covering Once Upon a Studio. Um I would, I would like love to, that. Just because it's mm-hmm. so Absolutely. it's so wonderful. It's oh, so yeah. wonderful, and that 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 would would function well as we're almost halfway through the main series, so that could kind mm-hmm. of function as like a halfway retrospective because we'd get to talk about all the characters that we've seen so far. And I, I have a few ideas to do, but I, I say we just well we uh, we'll talk that, about them off camera. Yeah, that's for a later time. But anyways, please go watch Once Upon a Studio. It's so good. Um, so that's that's our directors and our producer. Man, Bernie Mattinson. So cool. So happy we get to talk about such a guy. Um, And then the music was composed by a man named Henry Mancini. I saw that. That sounds familiar. He did a lot of pretty famous composition. Uh, The only thing that I feel like all four of us would all know is (laughs) 
He did the theme song for the Pink Panther show. Really? Which is pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So, I didn't... He had a lot credited to his name as far as composition, but that was really the only thing that I recognized. Um, yeah, but Henry Mancini, kind of cool. I love the Pink Panther theme, so. Oh, yeah. Neat little tie-in. Anyways, that's all of our crew, so we'll jump into the cast now. Um, so first we'll start off with Basil. Uh, Basil of Baker Street was voiced by a man named Barry Ingham, who was a famous English actor of the time, uh, just like in many movies that we've covered before. We didn't grow up watching a lot of British movies, so... You know, I didn't recognize anything he was in, but he had a, a fairly long uh, film credit, so he was pretty well known. And he was also, Barry Ingham also voiced Bartholomew, the drunk mouse, um, <laughs> at Radigan's place. Um, and then next is Radigan, and he was voiced Vincent by Price. Uh, Vincent Price. Sorry, and I, I knew excited. the name of Vincent Price, but I, I didn't really know who he was, so I was looking him up. Um, so, first of all, he was in over 100 films. He had oh. quite the lengthy career. Oh, yeah, he had an incredible career. He has career. two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, one for voice acting and one for directing or something like that. I don't wow. know, but he's got two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, and then two things to help us understand who he was is, A... He was the narrator voice in the Thriller music thriller. video for Michael Jackson. Oh, wow. He was the narrator in Thriller, the one that does all the talking and does the laugh. Oh my gosh, that's him. And then this one's for Andrew. He was Egghead in Batman 66. I don't know... Who I don't know who is. Egghead is, but... <laughs> but well, he was Batman. in Batman 66. So. I just need I mean, to to like Sonic or something. his career, that doesn't surprise <laughs> me. Yeah. Eggman. I know. Yeah, so... That's what I thought, Vincent too, Price, pretty... Pretty big name. Uh, that was pretty cool. And next we have Dawson. Um, he was voiced, Dawson was voiced by Val Benton, who was in the animated Mighty Ducks show as a character named Sarks. Or Sarks. Sarko. That sounds Sarks? like one of the villain henchmen. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's one of the villain henchmen. I don't know. And then he was also the Sultan in both of the Aladdin sequels that oh, were straight cool. to VHS. Huh. Uh, Jasmine's dad. Right. So that's pretty fun. Um, Adam, did you have your hand up a second ago? Oh, okay. I think I'm crazy. I have a theory about one of their, uh, one of their voices, and I'm very uh, curious to see if I'm right. Me too. Um, <clears throat> next is Olivia Flaversham, who is voiced by a woman named Susan Politschek, and this was the only thing she ever did. Um, she technically returned to voice Olivia one time because there was a British film entitled Once Upon a Halloween that was about a bunch of Disney villains coming together to do some big thing. It had a bunch of Disney characters in it that I just now learned about whilst researching for this that, episode. That's so, interesting. I yeah. want to see and that. <laughs> Olivia Flaversham was a character in it, and she came back to voice her for that. Oh, well, cool. Um, next is Fidget the Bat, who we've actually talked about before Candy, because it's Candido. Candido. Ah! 
He was the Native American chief in Peter Pan. The crocodile. He was, I was uh, right the crocodile guy in. in, in, in is that is of. that your theory? No, that was actually uh, not the theory. I I know who you're thinking of, Adam. Okay. Um, the he was the crocodile in uh, Robin Hood. Oh, and he yeah, was no, a couple other things. The I, goon, I, Maleficent's I, goons. Yeah, See, I Beauty. thought that it was the voice of Gurgi. No. No. No, that was not. That was I could see it though, because they do have sim- they're, they're very. The fact that there were two um, movies in a row with a character with a really strange but similar voice. What's, mm-hmm. what's the word? Like guttural, like the very throaty. Yeah. Raspy. Raspy. Yeah. Um, next is the one Adam was thinking of is Mr. Flaversham, Olivia's father, uh, and he is voiced McDuck. by Alan Young, who was Scrooge McDuck. Um, he was the third credited Scrooge McDuck. And he was Scrooge for over 40 years. And he was the specifically the one in The Christmas Carol, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was wasn't, Scrooge was, in The Christmas Wasn't Carol. he in DuckTales, like the original DuckTales? But, um, mm-hmm, yeah, the original. He died in 2016, the year before the DuckTales reboot came out, mm. which is oh, why okay. David Tennant was Scrooge. Right. Like, who's in, a uh, great choice. <laughs> oh, it was fabulous. It yeah, is kind of sad that it's it, not Alan Young, but... You, 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 when you heard Flaversham, it was just like, oh... I can hear him saying, bless me, bagpipes. That's 100% oh, yeah. Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, next, we have Mrs. Judson, who was the uh, the maid, lady mouse. Housekeeper, that's the word I was looking for, at Basil's. Uh, she was voiced by Diane, Diana Chesney. I can't read my own handwriting. I'm so sorry. Um, I was speed writing. Diana Chesney. And the only other thing, she was only in a few things, but the only other thing that I thought was notable was she was a background villager in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, fuck! Um, which, is, which is pretty fun. Um, and then, moving right along, we've got Queen Mouse Toria. And she was voiced <laughs> by... Queen Mouse is her name. I'm dead serious. Um, <laughs> she was voiced by Eve Brenner, who was in a couple minor shows at the time. Um that I didn't feel like writing down because I'm not a good host. <laughs> um, and then next we had a cameo by the Sherlock Holmes. And that was Basil Rathbone. I was hoping! This, this was 15 years after he died. This, I believe. They pulled, they, pulled out, out, they pulled out archived audio mm-hmm. from one of his Sherlock movies that yep. he did. They That's played so audio cool. from a movie back in the day. From one of his movies to but have him. They did not do that for Dawson. Watson. Or er, Watson. Watson. <laughs> Dawson's the mouse version. Um, <laughs> did they not? No, they did not use the original Watson. Um, Watson was voiced by a man named Laurie Main, who Why? we know him so well because he's the host of Welcome to Pooh Corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That, that one show that we never watched because, yikes. Adam's scaring me right now. Um, <laughs> I want you to feel this. Yeah, and he was a pretty well-known actor as well. Um, and then we have three different voice actors that were thugs of Radigan's. Just, you know, the muscle. The first one we talked about on the last episode who was also a thug is Wayne Allwine. He was the third credited voice actor of Mickey. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and actually, for some reason, I forgot to mention this on the last episode, but of course, he's a Disney legend because he is the longest-running voice actor for Mickey Mouse. He voiced him for the longest. Um, So, Wayne Allwine, happy to hear his voice again. 
And then next we have Tony Anselmo. Anselmo? I don't know how to say that. And Bro. Oh. Why is it that apparently all of the background the thugs, thugs are the ones that are like some of our biggest names? I know. So you remember how we were introduced to Wayne Allwine last time and he was like the longest running voice actor of Mickey? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Anselmo is like the longest running voice actor for Donald. Really? <laughs> Yeah, um, he has been voicing Donald Duck since he's been voicing Donald Duck since the original voice actor Clarence Nash died in 1985. Um, Is he the one that's still doing it? I think so. Um, He has voiced uh, Donald for uh, he was Donald in Mickey's Philhar Magic, the Three Caballeros ride. So he's done stuff for the parks. Um, both DuckTales shows, he was Donald. No way! Um, mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and all of the Disney Junior shows, he's Donald. Um, Once Upon a Studio, he was Donald, of course. He was in every single Kingdom Hearts game as Donald's voice. My every, boy! Every Kingdom Hearts game that, that Donald showed up in was Tony yeah, and Selma. Yeah, Captain Subtitles himself! <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and he's also... Basically, like, every Disney video game of this time. Um, like, I've been really into Disney Dreamlight Valley. It's a fabulous game. Very cozy, mm-hmm. cozy core game. He's Donald in that as well. And he's also provided the voices for Huey, Dewey, and Louie on some projects. That checks out. Um, yeah, but he was Donald in, like, everything. He was Donald in uh, Quack Pack, and I think he... If, I forgot Did Donald about show Quack up in any Pack. of the Goof Troop episodes? Because if so, I think I he was... Probably. In Goose Troop. Maybe? I have no idea. But, I mean, he was Donald and everything. So, of course, he's a Disney legend because he's been Donald for 40 years. Wow. Almost 40 years. That's crazy. Yeah. Wild. So, and then oh. our third thug, unfortunately, is not ha- does not have any correlation to Goofy, which would have been perfect. I but, was you really know. hoping, man. I, when I was researching this and I was getting to the last one, I was like, please be connected to Goofy Give somehow. Give me any but, kind of connection to him. But he's not, although he is pretty cool. Um, his name is Walker Edmiston, and he's he's had a couple cool um, minor voice credits, all of which are for like an episode or two in shows, um, or the ones that I've written down that I thought were notable. Um, in the show just titled Spider-Man, which I believe was like the original one. You, there's a, there's uh, a, I he, think two or three of those. In one of them, I forgot to write this one down. I just remembered it. He was Magneto in an episode of Spider-Man. That um, was probably with, the 90s one, if he crossed over okay. with the X-Men. The 90s um, one did a lot of crossovers with the rest of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. And then in Which, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, he was the voice of Kingpin for an episode. Huh. Uh-huh. And then in Avatar The Last Airbender, which was his last role ever for Walter Edmiston, he was Fire Lord Azulon in that episode. Oh, oh okay. Uh-huh. So Walter Edmiston did a lot of voice acting. I was about to say, um, no, no that's Mark Hamill. That is, that is Mark Hamill. Do not. You were about to get um, actually so Do hard. not put that disrespect on me, Andrew. <laughs> I know Mark Hamill. All right, okay. <laughs> but Walter Edmiston did has some pretty cool, pretty cool credits on under his belt that that we know. 
Uh, and then finally, we have Miss Kitty Mouse, who was the one that sang at the bar. Oh, yeah, she existed. Uh-huh. Um, she was voiced by a very famous singer named Melissa Manchester, who was a very popular singer of the time. Uh, I think she's still doing some some music now. I'm not positive, but she, she had a lot of pretty big hits in the music world. Um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, and that's all of our cast. So we can. I have a couple of fun facts we'll jump into uh, if none of those stats were fun enough for you. But first and foremost, um, considering this was a success, they a little over doubled their budget in the box office. That was very good after the flop that was the Black Cauldron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this really renewed upper management's confidence in the animation department. This was what allowed them to decide to keep going on in animation and ultimately what led to the Renaissance because they continued to do animation. Um, so yay for the Great Mouse Detective. Um, I, unfortunately, even in its success, it was a failure because... In the theatrical release, it was outgrossed in the box office by an American tale, because Don Bluth, who worked for Don Disney, Bluth left Disney, jerk. and of course decided to release a mouse movie at the same time that Disney released a mouse movie and beat Disney so with his mouse movie. Petty. And this happened a couple times with the Don Bluth studio, I think. So yeah, I think he didn't he do the same thing. Yay. Wasn't uh, when the Black Cauldron came out? Didn't he release like Quest for Camelot or something like that? Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Which of course beat Black Cauldron because Black that? Cauldron yeah did terribly because he worked for Disney and he probably had new people on, on the inside and could get into. Well, or I mean, something. you know, movies take years to be completed. True. So he probably knew what was being worked on when he left. True. Uh, but Don Bluth did have a, that period of time, late 80s, early, like, mostly late 80s, was like the reign of Don Bluth. He had a lot of successful movies. That was when the Land Before Time movies started and were very popular. Um, so that was his time. So even though it was good for the Disney company, still a little bit of a sore spot being beaten by one of their own. Um, this movie was the first Disney movie to extensively use CGI. I the Fox, the Big Ben scene that. was CGI. I knew it looked different. It was like a very early form of CGI. They used a computer to generate it, and then they printed it out and drew it in the cells. So it was, it was a very, I don't want to say archaic, but I guess archaic form of CGI. Because it was still traditional hand-drawn animation, but there was CGI a Very involved. prototypical. <laughs> Is. Yes, I like that. I like okay. that. Uh, but we're very close to them beginning to really dive into CGI. Right. Um, and blend so, it with, like, drawing With traditional, animation. yeah. Yeah, most of the Renaissance movies have at least one big scene that was done with CGI that was always, like, a selling point for that movie. Mm -hmm. Like, the Wildebeests in Lion King was the, a big uh, selling point because it was CGI. The ballroom scene um, in Beauty and, and the Beast. And Beauty and the Beast, exactly. Mm -hmm. That kind of stuff. So we're, we're very close to Disney starting to really work with CGI. Oh, this is a really fun, fun fact Lay that I did not know because it's a smidge before my time. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the TV show Darkwing Duck... In order for Darkwing Duck to enter his uh, secret base, there is a small statue of Basil that opens the secret passage to his base. Oh, I never, I never noticed that. 
I I before I had seen probably an episode of Darkwing Duck that I assume was probably on that VHS that Nemo and Pap had recorded for us. I would assume something like that. So I I was a little after the Darkwing Duck time, personally, um, but I love the concept of Darkwing Duck, so to see that there was a Basil reference there, it's pretty awesome. Also, Darkwing Um, Duck features pretty heavily in the reboot of DuckTales. If you watch that, there's quite a few times where he'll pop up for different things, whether it's just part of the TV show, like in the uh, world of DuckTales or what. But it's it's yeah. really good. It's it's very funny. Yeah, and then um, I haven't decided if I want to make this a segment yet. Okay. But something that we will be talking about in every episode now is Once Upon a Studio because there are characters that show up in Once Upon a Studio from this movie. <laughs> um, so Basil, Dawson... And Olivia show up in Once Upon a Studio, and then Radigan is in a still frame in the credits. Um, so, like, I don't know if I want to try to make that some sort of clever segment yet. Maybe. What, do you decided. know what they're doing in there, or like what, when they are, or the? They... Um, I I don't. I would I would need to have looked at it more extensively. I say yeah, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. So I, I haven't decided if I want that to be a new segment. Because it could be pretty fun talking about that. I just I didn't look into it extensively enough for this specific movie. But yes. And then finally, we have park representation, and there actually is a little bit, um, because Basil and Radigan were meet and greet characters at the park until 2004. Radigan? Oh, really? Uh huh. Basil and Radigan were meet and greet characters. That's horrible. Which was kind of surprising. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, I imagine Radigan would have surprising been more of and like horrifying. Halloween stuff, villain. Probably stuff. so, but yeah. it just said until 2004 when the characters were retired. So I guess that means you could have met. Th- I mean, you can meet other villains whenever. True. It's not like villains are only around the parks at Halloween. But um, and then I forgot to write it down. But Basil made an appearance in some Disney video game. I want to say it was some sort of like Disney fighting game. But I cannot There's remember. A Disney fighting I, I, game? I know. I don't think that's correct. Don't quote me on it. I'm honestly. Hey. I'm gonna pull up the Wikipedia. I'm right googling now this right because... now. <laughs> no, wait. Don't 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 quote me on it. Let me pull up the Wikipedia. I'm I'm, I'm googling page. what game it was. Um. Professor Radigan is one of the main villains in the anthology film Once Upon a Halloween, which I mentioned that was the British animated film. Mm-hmm. Um. Disney Heroes Battle Mode. Basil of Baker Street ap- appears as a playable character. When did that come out, and what system? I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen anything about this before. I've never heard of it before. So. Released February uh, uh, 14th, 2018 was the soft launch, and then worldwide was May 17th, 2018. Huh. Interesting. I mean, there's even Muppets characters in there. Weird. Disney must not like to promote it. 213 characters released. Wow. 113? 213. Oh, oh, even better. Um, anyways, <laughs> I guess we can jump back. Uh, and then finally, um, of course, Radigan is one of the playable characters in Disney Villainous, which if you are yeah. a long-time listener, you know that I'm obsessed with that game. It's so fun. 
It is. And Radigan's actually a really fun character to play as. Um, because it's elaborate just like him. Mm-hmm. Radar, can you not? I'm recording. <laughs> it's a good thing this isn't live. Um, anyways, now that we're done with fun facts and snazzy stats, let's start talking about the movie. First and foremost, Aaron, nostalgia. We have to take a trip over to Tra- Tales from Traverse Town. No, we no, don't. We, don't. <laughs> we do. Adam, any Tales from Traverse Town? It is the empty void. The void persists. There is well, nothing. Technically, there is one thing. Big Ben shows up in the Peter Pan world. Yes, but that is the big. That is the Peter Pan universe. Big oh Ben. My if you gosh, look, there's a, there's a distinct uh, situation. There's a distinct uh, difference. Actually, is that not, uh, I'm curious. There's no mice Does hanging Peter off Pan- of it. Oh my god! Do you think Peter Pan and the Great Mouse Detective exist in the same? Real universe? talk. Definitely. Me and him were making those jokes. <laughs> Definitely. They they both take place in the looking. fictional world of London. Head I'm going to start accepted. looking when I watch Peter Pan to see if I can see any mice hanging from the, the arms of Big Ben. Except Peter, Peter <laughs> Pan came out first, so... Okay. It's been remastered. Okay. Yeah, Abby. Gosh. Um, but anyways, nostalgia. I know we didn't own this movie. We've owned a large majority of the movies we've talked about, but this was one of them we didn't. Um... I can go ahead and start. I've seen this movie once before. I th- think it was one of the movies that Madeline and I watched in preparation of her first trip to Disney World. Uh, we were just trying to watch through as many Disney movies as possible, as well as Disney movies that I hadn't ever seen before. Um, so I've watched it once before, and I remembered enjoying it, um, but I didn't remember much about it. Um, but the three of you can go, because I know... I don't think any of y'all had seen this one before. Nope. I had nope. seen it At all. once before this, um, early on in my last relationship. But um, growing up, the Radigan song was on one of those sing-along VHSs. Was it? I don't remember yes. it on that. It was. And it just completely skips over the part with Bartholomew being Bartholomew eaten by did. Felicia. I do remember that now, now that you mentioned Cause it. Because he's like, oh, well... Uh, greatest rat greatest or whatever, and he rat. like, yeah, rat again like freezes, and then it just shows the other henchmen go, sing it louder, da da, it just goes into the next part of the song, and then in the movie you actually get to see the cut, and then rat again being like, keep singing after it's all done. I had forgotten about that. I so still did... don't remember that. I remember. Rec- I, I recognize the song. It was one of them. Hosted by Ludwig von Drake. Not a hundred percent sure. That 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 tracks for Ludwig's personality. <laughs> I mean, I could see him singing after the song ends. Mm-hmm. So. I, um, I don't remember a hundred percent for sure, but I know it was in one of them because dad and mom, uh, dad especially, and mom sat in for a little bit. Angela and I ended up watching this at um, our parents' house because we thought we were going to be recording sooner than this. Um, and we had gone up for, uh, we were in town for a day, and then we had to push it back by, like, a week <laughs> now. But so Dad ended up watching it with us, and we got to that song, and he was, oh, this was on one of those sing-along videos, wasn't it? I was like, yes, it was, Dad! I'm proud of you! So, shout out, Dad. Look at Dad. Go. Look at Dad. Hi, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten about that. I knew Hi, that Dad. we were all, 
we were all like aware of the existence of this movie. I feel like just culturally that, and then trailers on our other VHSs that there were some of those that had the trailer for the the release of the Great Mouse Detective coming out on. I'm sure at least one of them had a trailer for Great Mouse Detective on it. I don't remember specifically, but I know that that video that I watched a lot um, of like the Walt Disney Animation Studios tribute. Um, it was mm, it was a, a, a tribute to like the years of animation that they'd been doing. Um, I remember up to what point they stopped, but anyways, it's a YouTube video. Yeah, it, it's like a, a big it's a really good, tribute. really good YouTube video. I need to show it to y'all, or I probably have already. But um, there were clips. If we had social media, I would share the link. But, <laughs> there know. were clips um of the Great Mouse Detective in it. Just, you know, I believe one of the clips is the mice swinging on a chandelier and alcohol getting everywhere. So. <laughs> no, I do know one song. of the clips is when Dawson first encounters Basil and he looks all scared. That's in it when like it's the villain time of the, the tribute. Hmm. I did recognize that. Yes, I think so. Um, but I guess that's kind of it for nostalgia because I know Adam and Abby, neither of y'all have ever really seen it. Correct. So. Um, we can go ahead and jump into first impressions, and I'm going to start with Andrew, because I want to save Adam and Abby for the end, because y'all have never seen it, so go for it, Andrew. All right. Um, I really enjoy this movie. I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, it's, it's very fun. I think it really shows off what Musker and Clemens can do together and how well they work together. Um... It hits emotional beats and comedic beats very well. Uh, it, it tells a full story. Um, there are, like, true characters in it and not just one-note, like, 2D characters, if that makes sense, like, one-dimensional characters like the dwarves and uh, Snow White. Um, like, Basil has flaws and things that he's very good at. Like, it, everything is so well done. Um... And I, I had a very good time watching it the entire time. It's just a very good movie and does not get enough credit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I really, really enjoy this movie. I feel like... I feel like I may have been a little distracted. <laughs> you said blah, the blah, thing. Blah. Uh, whenever I watch this, I don't remember. It's been... As Andrew said, we've we've had to reschedule this recording session like twice, so <laughs> it's it's been a little over a week since I watched the movie. Um, and no, it's been more than a week for sure. Same. So I I'm definitely having a little trouble remembering what I felt, but I know that I enjoy this movie. It's it's a good movie. It's fun to watch. Um, I agree with you, Andrew. There, it, it hit a lot of the right beats at the right times. Um, I, I am excited to talk about it. Um, Adam, let's hear from you. Uh, this is, uh, like you said, I've never seen this movie. This is one of the two I have been most excited to watch because I've heard they're good and have never actually seen them. What was the um, other one? Hunchback of Notre Dame. 
Oh, you have never, never seen it? it? No, you've never seen that. I've never seen it all the way through. I've seen oh, bits wow. and pieces, okay. but I've never seen it. As a kid, it was too scary for me. As an adult, Fair I enough. really found the time. And so, and then especially once we started this, I'm like, I'm saving my first my first watch for the podcast. However, this movie um, was very good. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun. It Yay. knew it knew what it was and didn't try to be anything it wasn't. It didn't try to be incredibly serious. As much as it was a mystery, the 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 mystery kind of took a back seat, um, in a good way. I have like yeah. a few problems with it, but most of them are just small little. Th- uh, like one of them is a small thing, and the other is kind of a personal thing. But I really enjoyed this. Uh, that makes me so happy. I was kind of worried you wouldn't like it. I wasn't nah, sure if it's, it was it, it, it's a fun time. It's a good time, especially because like, like uh, it outside of the opening scene, which does set a darker tone it kind of backtracks on that and then stays consistent. So it's like, it, mm-hmm. if this was trying to be a very dark movie and then just wasn't, or if it was just, like, all over the place, I'd, like, two or three steps away and this movie could have been awful. But I, oh, I yeah. think it, it, it was very fun and I enjoyed it. Dude, awesome. Musker and Clemens and know what they're doing. They're they know what they're team. doing, baby! <laughs> they, do. they do. They are a great partnership. Abby, what about you? Finish us off. I also really, really liked this movie. Um, it was my first time yeah, watching it. I, I watched it last night, and it was around, like, <laughs> 11, so I was already really tired. Um, but I enjoyed it a lot. I It was really fun. I loved the characters, and, like, I thought, like Adam said, it was kind of an appropriate mix of like fun but also you know it's a it's a mystery it's a you know Sherlock Holmes you know kind of situation and I think that it balanced it very well with you know keeping in mind that it is a Disney movie still um so I I thoroughly enjoyed it very much even when half asleep (laughs) yeah I think it did a very good job of making Sherlock Holmes a children's cartoon essentially like it it did a very good job of kind of mixing those together in a very palatable way in a very palatable way that was also still respectful to the source material yeah Mm -hmm. it felt like an homage instead of a parody and i like there's a couple things i expected that i'll get into later that it didn't do and i'm so glad it didn't and it's uh, i i i can't wait this is nice it's been quite a few movies since all four of us enjoyed the same movie oh yeah yeah i think so so this is this is exciting i think winnie the pooh um, might have been the last one there have been some that we were all like it was pretty good or whatever but like yeah this is the first like really yeah, good i one feel like the the only consensus we've had since then is it's fine i guess mm-hmm. or there's been a movie or two that some of us have enjoyed more than others like some of us enjoyed the rescuers more than others some of us enjoyed fox and the hound more than others stuff like that yeah Exactly, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited. So we can go Dark ahead and start breaking down the plot. An and you, we can start breaking down the Let's plot. Let's do it. Um, again, it's been longer than normal 
between viewing the movie and recording the episode for me. So I can help you if need be. Do my best. Yes, I am fully expecting y'all to have to jump in and help me. So, real quick um, question. Adam, how does it feel to have officially resigned from the position of credit critic? It's weird, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I think I'll pick up the title again whenever we get more thematic credits. Like I, at the end? In, in, yeah. End credits things. I may, I may wear the title again just to have some fun with that, but like... Mm-hmm. Come out of retirement. Yeah, but typically, like, yeah, no, it, like, this one had a few names off the top but it wasn't like the full credits at the beginning and that was it's so weird and this was also if i remember correctly the first time they used the blue walt disney animation logo i think you're right i didn't even notice i think you might be right um i mean i'm so used to seeing that watching so many of the movies we grew up watching we grew up watching you know you, you see the, yeah. the disney with the castle the <laughs> I'll like, need to go back and check Black Cauldron, but I, wa- I, I it came on. And I'm like, I think this is the first time we've seen this. I think you're right, Adam. I think you're right. Um, so we open. Yeah, editing Aaron. Go in to, and check and verify whether this is true or not. I have no way to check. Other than I guess Google or Disney Plus, dude. <laughs> Just yeah, start so each movie, or whatever. <laughs> Editing Whatever. Aaron, be less lazy than present Aaron. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And Adam is no longer in the Quartet of Chaos. It is now distracted. For some <laughs> reason, we lost <laughs> all of Adam's <laughs> audio throughout the rest of the episode. Who knows what happened? I don't happened. know what happened. So sorry, but he's <laughs> here Adam's anymore. file got corrupted halfway through. <laughs> as soon as he stopped being relevant. Um... <laughs> he gave his opinion, and that's all we needed. <laughs> and now it's gone. <laughs> he's not. He's not contributing to tra- ta- tales from Traverse Town. He's not contributing to Credit Critic anymore. What is he good for anymore? His his wet know, blanket is even, is even hanging on the balance in this episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can't even be the wet blanket. What's he, he now, Wilson? <laughs> Man, <laughs> Man that's all we kept I you around you for. Oh. Um, so we open to the sound of a narration, which of course turns out to be Dr. Dawson. There's a Q in his name somewhere, like David Q. Dawson or something like that. Is that a reference? I don't know. Ha, ha, ha. Um, he mentions that he is back in London from serving as a surgeon in Afghanistan. Um, I think this takes place after the the toy maker is kidnapped, because as he's narrating and he's walking, that's when he hears the little girl crying inside the boot. You're right. I forgot that that's how they opened it. I'm so sorry. My apologies. So it opens on a toy shop. And we are introduced to Mr. Flaversham and his daughter, Olivia Flaversham. And, by the way, I love the trope that Basil can never remember the name Flaversham. Which makes it mm-hmm. extra hilarious because I also refuse to pronounce it correctly and always called it Flaversham. Flaversham. <laughs> also, I will to, explain to the, the significance of, 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 my, of my watching company. <laughs> I will explain the significance of uh, Dawson coming back from Afghanistan when we get back to that. Okay, I assume it has some tie-in with the actual Sherlock stories, but um, maybe not. Okay, 
Well, anyways, we opened to Flavor Shams Toy Shop. <laughs> I like that. Out <laughs> and Olivia, it, it was her birthday. And Mr. Flaversham made her a special toy. And it was a wind-up toy that's like a flower bowl. But when it opens up, it's actually a ballerina, a ballerina mouse. A mouse arena, if you will. Ugh. And I'm so sorry that <laughs> I just did that. <laughs> and it dances around and she says it's the best thing that's ever been made by him and then fidget comes banging on the door and busting up in there and flaversham hides olivia in a cabinet and ends up causing quite the ruckus and kidnaps flaversham and olivia is very scared because her dad is gone Naturally. I got so concerned because I thought she was going to be trapped in that cabinet and like not able to push it out. And like, no. as someone who has slight claustrophobia, that freaked me out. I was like, I may have to turn this movie off. Stop! Stop! Please stop! <laughs> I, I hadn't even thought. Adam, about that did the ever. bottle not bother you when she was in the bottle? No, the bottle for some reason was fine, and maybe that's because maybe she could see outside that, of it, yeah, and true. other people could see her. I think claustrophobia, a, a, a large part of it is sight, so that, that would make sense. Um, but then we cut to Dawson narrating that he's back in London from serving as a surgeon in Afghanistan. Andrew, you want to explain? Um, well, in the books, we, uh, Watson was a battlefield medic, um, so he was in the wars. But the significance of Afghanistan is because this would have been around the time of Desert Storm which took place over in Afghanistan, so they tied it in with the real world. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. What, or, when did Desert Storm take place? Gosh, I don't know. It, would, it may have been after Desert Storm, so they may have because used that. Because the movie um, takes place in the 1800s. Does it? Yes. Because I, I, I was thinking the same thing, and I was like, I think, desert, I think the war in Afghanistan or, took place after this, and then Emma pointed out to me that, that at the top it says it it opens in like eighteen something. <laughs> okay, never mind. That came out before <laughs> uh, Desert Storm, I believe. I believe Desert Storm was the Gulf War, um, and that was in the nineties, ninety to ninety one. Yeah. Um. And uh, b- what? while he's looking that up something fun about this is that uh in the tv show sherlock uh watson was a battlefield medic in afghanistan oh i think i may be wrong on that but i think he was so whether or not that was intentional because of this that's a fun little play around that is cool um so he is maybe the afghan war Uh, took place in 1978 That, that's possible. Regardless. Either way, then he's trying to find... So I don't know. He's trying to find a place of residence now that he's back in England. And ends up finding Olivia crying. And he starts to try to comfort her. Yes, she is in a shoe. And in his attempting to comfort her he learns who she is and that she's trying to find Basil of Baker Street. Was she in a shoe? Uh, and her little accent like is so box. cute, by the way. Mm-hmm. She was, she was, like, was, like, a, was like a She was sitting a on a matchbox. 
What broke my heart is when he was like, okay, where's... No, Dawson sat on the matchbox yeah. next to the rubber boot to talk <clears throat> to her. That's what it was. Uh, no, there was a matchbox inside a rubber boot. But um, what broke my heart was that whenever he was finding out what was wrong, and he said, well, where's your mom and dad? And then she just started sobbing again and said, that's why I need to find Basil. <laughs> I, know, I also, man. I love his line of, like, I don't know any Basil, but I know where Baker Street is. Let's start there. He's yeah. so, he's such he's a good, such a good he's guy. So I love he, him. He's so sweet. He's so I was sweet, very fearful so. for his life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> On it's okay, Adam. He wasn't a mother. Actually. But, but, but he was oh. a caring, he was a nice, caring figure at the beginning of the movie. And I'm like, oh, no, you're in danger, sir. <laughs> Yeah. But he wasn't an actual parent in a Disney movie, so... He was a, a little point. more safe. Got some plot no, armor there. No, Flaversham was the parent, and he was kidnapped, so at least they didn't, like, just straight straight, straight up murderize him. So. No, but they, she does have the aerial, Mom. That's true. That's true. Um, so Dawson sets out to help her find Basil, and they find Basil's place of residence on Baker Street. And they knock on the door, and Mrs. Judson opens the door, and she's a sweet little housekeeper. And they end up inside speaking with Mrs. Judson. She says that Basil's not there at the moment. But then, luckily, Basil ends up rushing in, and he's in the midst of trying to solve a mystery by looking at the metal of a bullet. Can I? And... Sorry. Yes. I just want to say something about the character of Basil that actually threw me off a little bit. Um, I went into mm-hmm. this fully expecting that he was going to be this really, you know, like, really serious dude, you know, super, like, almost suave in a way, but also, you know, was really... I don't think he was good at what he did in the movie, but, you know, I was expecting... But- just this, like, really serious, perfect, you know, detective person. He seemed more to me like a kid that was playing pretend and was getting really into it. <laughs> that was, the, that is more of the character of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes and is that's not this what serious I, guy. He's got I'm flaws. so glad that they did that, because I thought one of two things was going to happen. Either he, it was going to be the annoying, like, well, obviously, because Jupiter is aligned with Mars today, then that means this has, like, some confound batman 66 logic <laughs> that's like but but it, he's always right so he's like oh everybody else is beneath me obviously i'm so right or he's just guessing and kind of stupid and just keeps getting the answer kind of right and everyone's like wait that doesn't make sense and the fact that he knows what he's talking about but isn't infallible i love that i think it's so it's such an interesting character it makes things so much better which, like Andrew said, is a reflection of Sherlock Holmes himself, oh, yeah. because that's how Sherlock was always written to be. Exactly. You know, in the books, Sherlock struggles with addiction to, like, opium, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. So he smokes, like, a lot of cigarettes to try and keep away from that and plays violin to distract himself, which we do get the violin playing in this, which was nice. Both from um, from Basil and Sherlock. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. That's true. But yeah, Sherlock uh, is not a perfect person, and neither is Basil, and I love it. I love that they did. I, that. I, I I like that they highlight that. Mm-hmm. They highlight that a lot, which is really. But like cool. I said, he for some um, reason reminded me of a kid that was playing pretend, but was like really, really getting into it. Like, 
Yeah, it kind of does that. feel like that. He feels like he saw uh, Sherlock upstairs and was like, "Ooh, I want to be that," and they just actually dedicated himself to it and got it, got got himself good at it. Mm-hmm. I catch those vibes. Um, so he comes in in the middle of something and looks like he's very close to cracking the case, and then fails, and so he decides that life is meaningless. <laughs> he starts playing the violin and pouting. And He's so dramatic. Olivia, Olivia's trying to talk to him to get him to start searching for her father, but he's so woe is me, self-pity playing the violin <laughs> that A, he can't be bothered to learn her last name properly, which continues, and I love that. <laughs> it's a great um, recurring gag. And then, But the second that they mention a peg-legged bat, which is Fidget, he's all into it because he knows that the peg-legged bat is the henchman sidekick of Rattigan, Professor Rattigan, who is his arch enemy, he's, the one he's been after all this time. He's his Moriarty, yeah. Is Basil in this our pouty princess? Every moment no. of Basil is pouty princess. That's what I was considering. <laughs> I hadn't, I honestly hadn't even thought through who There's would be pouty so princess. so much Disney loves time in this. I have a specific oh. Disney loves crime. Don't you worry. I mean, there's kidnapping. Um, the kidnapping already happened. I know. Honestly, anytime Radigan's on It'll screen, it's Disney loves crime. Again, so. yeah. I have a very specific one, and it's not the stupid yeah. trespassing or breach of contract that it usually is. It's like an actual crime. <laughs> Good. Kidnapping the queen. Good. Murder. Again, anytime, anytime Radigan's on screen, there's some form of Disney loves crime. But I know that Adam's going to give us a good specific. Oh yeah. One, so. Um, so then Basil is now on the case because it has to do with Radigan. Um, yes, yes. So then they set out, and initially he doesn't want Olivia to come with him, but then she does anyways through a conversation. Or I love that he starts out. Uh, they I think she just goes. I think she just. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. So. Oh, my gosh. They're, the comedic timing in this movie was amazing. I never mentioned that before, Wonderful. but, oh, but what he said was, listen to it... me, there is absolutely no way you're coming. The next scene, they open up the wall, and she pops up, and he says not a word. And she... <laughs> it is so <laughs> funny. That's right. A word. <laughs> and so they, which, by the way, when they open up the wall, very yes! reminiscent of I was Jock and Gus mm-hmm. Cinderella. Very mm-hmm. much so. Like, I'm wondering if they reused the the background animation Maybe. of the wall because it almost looked identical like the the portion of wall that they opened up. Also, I love that Basil started out by being very inconvenienced and annoyed of Olivia, but then he grows he and grows to be up. very fond of her. It's sweet. It's sweet. So they go up to Sherlock's house because they need a friend, and the friend is none other than Toby. Toby's the goodest boy. The best boy. Sherlock's dog. The goodest. (laughs) And Toby is their ride. So Toby is generally pretty obedient to Basil, but he is 100% obedient to Olivia and hates Dawson. He's always growling at Dawson like that. Um, Although that's more barking and growling, but... (laughs) Radar! But will absolutely obey... Every word that Olivia says, <laughs> I love it. And Basil's not a fan that Toby likes Olivia better. I um, just love that a mouse. So they set out. Oh, I love it. 
think it's fabulous. So dumb and um, I love it. <laughs> they get Toby on the scent of Fidget because they he dropped his hat or something. When they were her. departing, or when she was there, Fidget came and tried to steal her before being kind of chased off and his hat dropped to them. That's right, that's right, that's right. So they're on the trail and they end up at a toy shop, but not Flaversham, Flaversham's toy shop. They're at a human-sized toy shop. And, oh, oh, I forgot to cut to Radigan. There was a big moment where you cut to Radigan. At some point in there, we see inside a barrel in a sewer is Radigan in his throne room, pub, something, <laughs> his lair. And we do see him he, talking to um, uh, Flaversham beforehand. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. In a different place. And we are starting to learn that he's got this great big scheme that involves Flaversham and his inventions. Um, however, we don't know all of his plan quite yet, I don't think. Is that um, the scene and then where Flaversham he goes, like, tries to destroy and, the, the invention? And then he's like, hey, if you don't work with us. It'd be a shame if anything okay. happened to your daughter. Right, right, right. I think that's that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think so. And so that's why Flaversham is obedient, because he doesn't want anything to happen to Olivia. Um, and then Radigan goes and talks to Fidget and gives him a list of things he needs. And that, um, one of which being the girl, because they want to have Olivia as... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Hostage? Collateral. Collateral. Blackmail. Blackmail, collateral, all those words work. And then I think we already have the Radigan song. And the That sounds murder. right. And this is my Disney Loves Crime. Not the murder, murder. not the Waste sending somebody to be eaten alive. It is the lyrics. I'm gonna, I, I pulled up the lyrics. I'm going <laughs> to read you a bar or two. Oh, no. Um, so, okay, before you do, let me set the scene. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He walks back in, and everybody's talking about, or he starts talking about how great he is, and then they start singing about how wonderful Radigan is. Uh, he's, um, the and he's the world's greatest criminal he's the world's greatest mind. criminal mind. And then Bartholomew calls him a rat. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Adam, give us the lyrics. So, I'm starting from a, a point. Uh, I will let you, uh, you, you'll be able to tell what the line is. Um... My earlier crimes were fine for their times, but now that I'm at it again, an even grimmer plot has been simmering in my great criminal brain. And then his uh, goons chime in, even meaner, you mean it? Worse than the widows and orphans you drowned? Yes, I noticed that lyric. Yeah, Yeah, so that's our digital crime. He drowns orphans. He, he. And widows. I don't know how to properly process this. Oh, Radigan. Oh, Radigan. We killed lots of people, you know. rest fall behind. Someone gets the lyrics wrong and they die. Oh, Radigan. That's the thing. He reminds me in that way of... To say anything else. (laughs) He reminds me of that way of um, the Horned King. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Um... I can see that. No, 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 sorry, I, I never got to finish. But um, so am I, am I lagging? I'm sorry. I'm like, I 
Hello. Can y'all hear me? What's up? Yeah. No, you're there. We're just waiting on you to finish. Sorry. Uh, ugh, I'm really sorry. Um. No, it's okay. I, starting over, he reminds me of the Horned <laughs> King in the way of it's like, you're not convenient for me. Mm, you're gonna die. You know? Because, like, if, if someone yeah, offends him, yes, I can he see that. throws him to the cat. If someone, you know, slightly messes up, like um, the bat did, kitty food. Yes, I agree. I agree. But, yeah, with that line, um, I heard it. I saw it in the subtitles, and I had to rewind, because I'm like, did I hear that right? And, yes, I did. Yeah. I had forgotten about that I, line. I do remember hearing that and just being very confused. I agree, Adam. That is a pretty appropriate Disney loves crime. I think... Yeah. Now, and this may be a controversial opinion. I do think that it's a crime. <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I think you might be right, Adam. We're in the category of murder. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is going to be a strange sentence... But we will almost have the exact same crime in a couple movies. I and may know what you're talking about. So they're singing his praises, and Bartholomew calls him the world's greatest rat. And he's not a fan. He, even though it's in his name, Radigan, and he's quite literally, obviously, a rat, um, doesn't like to be he's called a rat denial. because he says he's a mouse. So he rings his little no, bell, and Felicia, Felicia the cat, comes up. I love that it was named Felicia. Felicia. Nobody heard what I said. No. <laughs> no. Nope. No. What did you say? What did you say? Abby said he was in denial. I said no, he was in Desuers. <laughs> I got so Angela to laugh. Everybody say thanks to this Angela. All that matters. Oh, this is his last episode. Somehow his oh, audio everybody. got lost. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I made Angela laugh. That's all that I need. And then they finish the song singing more about O'Radigan. And this time you can see that they're genuinely afraid to mess up. So that's why they're singing this time. Um, And then that's when we cut back to Basil's and Fidget tries to capture Olivia. And then they're able to not let that happen. Bartholomew was literally only there for the booze. Lit. Yeah, he was only I mean, he there was for the alcohol. Quite literally swimming in it. <laughs> um, and so then now Toby tracks Fidget to the human toy shop, and there this is a pretty cool scene actually. Mm-hmm. Um, see, because we see Basil in action a little more. There's a tiny hole in, in the window, and he says this was his entrance. And Dawson's like. Okay, cool. So this guy's crazy. <laughs> There's um, no way he could have slipped through that. But then Basil just sticks his finger in the hole and pulls a little bit, and it opens like a door. I I love that. I love that he's not just like ah, you you see, my dear Watson or Dawson, uh, <laughs> simply by doing this, you can. He just puts his finger and goes here, and then just it's kind of self-explanatory. And he goes thank you. And, <laughs> and through Dawson, you see that like. So quickly, everything changes, because at first he's like, okay, he's crazy, but then immediately he's like, oh, oh he knows what he's talking really about. So many he times he, not... he just sits there and he's like, amazing. It's it's really cool it, it to does, watch it... the, the growth between Dawson and Basil and them, specifically Dawson, Dawson learning more about Basil and learning to respect him and 
and stuff yeah. more. I'll but get then to also, a, we'll get to another moment in a second. It's about to happen, but like uh, it, it is like very much proven. Like, it, it it shows why Sherlock always needs a Watson because you need somebody to you need somebody to bounce off of, but it never it, too many uh, properties and things do take this too far where it's a buffoon next to a genius. And then it's like, all right, cool. They don't understand basic math. Of course they don't understand what's going on here. But it's like, uh, Watson and by extension Dawson are uh, Gaston smart. and LeFou. They're, yeah, exactly. But Dawson and Watson are smart. They're, they're, they're well-off folks. But it's just, it, it, and that's why it really helps to explain to the audience what is happening and also show like, okay, cool. Now, uh, like, it's a, it's a, it's a fun dynamic. Mm-hmm. It seems like Dawson is more of, like, the heart, you know, he, he kind of reels, or, um, kind of keeps... Grounds. Yeah, he, he grounds Basil, and, you know, in, in a way, he tries to keep him logical, too, like, hey, I know that you want to go and do this, but also the girl just got kidnapped, you know, <laughs> something like that. Right. But he also cares a lot for, um, Basil and for Olivia, while... Basil is like the, you know, the brains, the big idea man, but still cares for and respects um, Dawson. I I do like their dynamic a lot. No, definitely. And it's cool to see that throughout the movie because it, like Andrew said at, at the beginning, like it actually grows and changes throughout the movie. Like they're not just static personalities. They do both learn and they both learned to appreciate mm-hmm. each other, so it's pretty cool. Like, I love that Basil um, had some good character growth. He legit did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so this scene's pretty cool. They end up kind of uh, kind of coming in contact with Fidget, but also kind of not, because he's there retrieving some stuff on his list. They come in contact with him. This is when he steals Olivia. Yeah, because he hides well, yeah, in the like, baby carriage. I almost said fight, but they don't fight. He turns on all like the wine. So they like aren't really stuff. in contact. He just kidnaps Olivia here. He does. He turns on There's a, chase. a lot of the wind up toys to distract them. Then he um, chase after him though. And he kidnaps Olivia. That's true. That's true. Because they end up getting back on Toby to try to chase him, but he gets away. Um, and this is I, I love but seeing this. He drops his list, the paper. Yeah, yeah. So but I love this because it's clue. like you can see um, Basil is about to chew out Dawson for being being like I told you to watch her. I told you had one job to watch her, and he's about to like lay into him and just sees uh, 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 Dawson hanging his head and like just like I like really beating himself up about it, and you see him kind of back off and just hey, we all make mistakes. It happens to the best of us. The important thing is we, we move on and figure out what to do next. And I love, I that, love that because it, it's showing how both characters are learning to respect the other. And it's like because of Basil's personality, he doesn't get to interact with people much. So seeing him be more, I was going to say human, but that doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just really, it's really good. I like that. And he's, yeah. he's not used uh-huh. to working with people. He's used to working alone. And so... This is new for him too, mm-hmm. so you you get to see him like trying to get used to that and get the hang of 
working with people who don't immediately understand what's going on and have to mm-hmm. have to follow his lead. Yeah, I agree. Um, like I said earlier, it's just really cool to see actual growth. Um, and so they end up going back to Basil's house to see what they can do with this new clue, with the piece of paper. And Basil really shows off his smarts because he's able to, like, figure out, like, geographical locations of possible places for Radigan's base based on, like, what kind of paper and moisture and that kind of stuff. And what kind of, like, chemical is on the, uh, the, the paper itself. And then also that it smells of a certain alcohol that would only be served in a very seedy bar. And yeah, I I love that, that he's like, like every step again, this is where I felt like it was going to be the over talk that I'm like, I, this is all just Greek to me, but I'm like every bit of that. I'm like, I understood that. I get where you're coming from. And that makes sense. So when you would line these up, yes, of course, brilliant elementary. It's like a, (laughs) a movie understanding version of user friendly stuff. Exactly. Like, like it felt very user friendly. In the sense, like, it didn't I, feel I, as a normal like person, Iron was able Man to understand. Talk. Yes. Yes. That's a great way to describe it, Adam. Uh, but so they're able to kind of narrow down where Radigan's base might be in that it would be on uh, the water, or near, right near the water, uh, near a seedy bar. So they go to a seedy bar in disguise as people that might be at a seedy bar. I love that Dawson is just, he looks like the mouse Mr. Smee. I was thinking that! (laughs) He's also so vastly uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, he he cannot stop trying to pull that shirt down. (laughs) It's so funny to watch him, like, attempt to blend in, but it's just so apparent that That he's not That fake mustache of Basil's is glorious, too. The little pencil mustache. Like it a Gomez him, Adams type of mustache. It, it makes him look a little bit like Ratty from Ichabod and Mr. Toad from The Wind and the Will. A little bit. I can see that. Except not quite uh, but the anyways, bushy of a mustache. They're at the bar, and uh, Miss Kitty Mouse, I believe is her mm-hmm. name, sings a song. She's obviously in. Entertainer Remember everyone, this is a bar. children's movie. That's <laughs> yes. a very not yes. so child friendly song. <laughs> I was fully expecting her to become the femme fatale and like part of the main crew after this for something. Then they're like, "Oh, this this is your only scene. You just exist here." Neat. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, part of the I scene don't... was it just seemed like they were trying to get a little suggestive suggestive anyways you know what i mean um and honestly this scene goes on in my opinion way too long oh yeah but also the song is kind of a bop just a little bit the song's not half bad it's actually kind of (laughs) good also dawson Is very much getting, drugged. Well, he gets, he gets drugged, which another Disney loves crime. 
Um, oh my gosh, yeah, there was a, it was almost a straight-up roofie. But instead of it being anything too bad, it just makes him incredibly drunk immediately. And he, he gets like, up on stage and starts dancing with the girls, and they just love him immediately. So I was honestly expecting Because Miss he's Kitty respectful Mouse. to women! There you go. I was expecting Miss Kitty Mouse to end up being a love entrance, interest to Dawson. I was hoping! I was hoping, <laughs> man! Okay, I'll be no, honest. me too. I think the most unrealistic part of this whole scene is how quickly he recovered. He sobered up from it. He was like, whoa, what happened? Like, no, sir. Yeah, that's, that's like, the least realistic part of this. Um, I was just kind of uncomfortable by the whole scene. Um, like, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like it didn't fit. But it, it was the scene that I feel like fit the 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 least good yeah. into the movie. Like it I like the basil um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Investigation like it worked, stuff but... that's going on in there. But it's a little too far uh too few and um Oh my gosh. Few too, and far between. Few I, I and know far between, yes. Oh my gosh. Too there's not enough in there yeah. for the rest of the scene. Yeah, and like and there's the fact that it's in there, there makes like, it feel like it it fits into the movie well enough because it's there. But because I don't know, like it just doesn't sit well in the movie like any other scene that you could pick yeah, out. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um but anyways, they end up I don't even remember they what go happens. through the sewer pipes end... following Fidget back to Radigan's lair. Where Radigan has right. laid a trap for them using Olivia as yeah, bait. Yeah, they saw Fidget the drinking. Mm. So they followed him, and then they found Olivia in a bottle. But El uh, Gas. And it was a trap. It was not Olivia. So I meant to bring this up earlier, and it's a little bit. It's gonna be a little bit of a pace killer. But one fun thing is, you there is like a random lizard henchman. Um, Bill the lizard. Mm-hmm. Who is, first of all, in Alice in Wonderland. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He, he's the one that tries to the clean her out of the house. Ladder. And then, two, he is also in um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. oh, he is, isn't he? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we forgot to mention this. In the toy store, whenever all the like the wind-ups and the electronics and stuff started going Dumbo. off, you see like, yeah, a Dumbo bubble Dumbo. machine. He's that was blowing so cute. bubbles. I forgot it about that. So I love that. I love a good Disney reference crossover mm-hmm. moment, so that's fun. Um, um, you can also see Dumbo in Lilo and Stitch. Little fun fact there. Um, she has a Dum- Lilo has a Dumbo toy in her room. Oh, okay. See. Oh, okay. Um, random tangent. So they end up following Fidget. They find Olivia in a bottle. I mentioned that already, but it's a trap. Mm-hmm. Because it is fidget and in Olivia's clothes. It is. And you know what? It's a marvelous trap, as Radigan might say. Um, Here comes my second complaint. Okay. I don't like Radigan's voice. It doesn't seem to fit him very well. Ooh, you don't like Vincent Price? Thank you, Abby. I think his voice is fine. He's I don't think it fits the character design very well. At times, you know, I kind of, I kind of understand that. I felt the same way. Fifty-fifty. Some lines, I'm like, yes, he's got this, he's got this. Others, I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. He I, seems too proper. I didn't notice anything like that, so I'm not gonna agree. I won't disagree, 
because I feel like a, a deeper, more raspy voice would work pretty well for a rat. But mm-hmm. I love Vincent Price's energy and the way he pl- voiced the character. His um, acting I think in it, it, I think so it was very good. His acting in it is fantastic. He, he does a great job delivering. It's just the tone doesn't sound well, I can understand I, that perspective for sure. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. I I disagree for the sole fact that he's supposed to be a very. Um, he is Professor Radigan. Yeah, <laughs> he's supposed to be a decently charismatic person. He's supposed to be very conceited and overconfident in himself. So he's very braggy in what he does. It's very. In a, in a very what condescending, is he a, of? a very condescending way. When, when he <laughs> yes, I feel like his voice needed more confidence in it. If that makes sense, to you. if that makes sense to you. Okay. Like yeah, like to each their own. If, if it worked for you, happy I mean, yeah, for it, you. It worked for me, but I, I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I I could see I could see where that would would have worked really well also. But also I can also I I could see why they would leave it like that, given that it's Vincent Price. <laughs> I assume you just let him he do what goes, he does. Once he kind of goes feral, no notes. That was great. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so good. You can't see me, listeners, but I'm nodding my head vigorously. Very enthusiastically. I can't yes. see it. Um, so, The Marvelous Trap. Um, in pure, over-excited... Uh, Radigan, not overexcited. O- overzealous? Overcompensating? Overzealous. Overzealous. Uh, personality of Radigan. He made this marvelous trap. This felt so much like a Bond villain. I, I do want to mention yes. it first. And it's because... Sorry. I do want to mention okay. first, like, before he even brings up the trap, like, he basically already beat Basil whenever Basil realized that in that one moment he was outsmarted and when he was being humiliated and made fun of you can see that his spirit was just broken yeah broke his spirit yeah yeah and then on top of that Radigan delivers a doofenshmirtz-esque rant (laughs) describing his entire plan Telling him everything, the backstory, all of it. New podcast idea. We review every episode of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> I feel like there's a few more than 104. But, um... That's true. Back to the main point. <laughs> uh, he puts way too much effort into this trap, but that's because he <coughs> wants to destroy Basil in every way he knows how because he couldn't decide how he wanted to kill Basil, so he decided to use all He's of He's had ways. so many ideas in the past. He's like, yeah, I might as well use them all. So he has created this marvelous invention, uh, which is set on a timer, and the timer is a song that he recorded himself that singing. Is, <coughs> I'm so is sorry. Like, I love it. Angela texted me so after, I, after I said the thing about the Phineas and Ferb podcast, and Angela texted me and goes, podcast? And then sent another one that said, Perry the podcast! <laughs> I, I was like, I ah! hate you. Oh my, oh my gosh. <laughs> Angela, I, I don't know if I'm so proud or so disappointed. <laughs> Adam says he doesn't know if he's so proud or so disappointed. I'm proud. Abby <laughs> is proud. I, I hate that that would be a perfect podcast 
Nick. Like that would be a perfect title for a Phineas and Ferb podcast. Podcast? Parry the podcast. Okay, I'm going to have to think oh of it because that might oh be Oh my funny. God, moving on. Anyways. <laughs> I love. I'm so sorry. Look, you can't give me ideas and expect me to not think about it. I them. love that Radigan is, <laughs> I don't even know the word for it. He is just so He's... extra and he even wrote this song. He's pompous. And all of that. <laughs> He wrote a song and recorded it just to let it play, to let it be the last thing Basil hears to before be he dies. And even set up a camera. And so the song starts, <laughs> and it's it's quite the song. Um, it has a full title. It's like "May Goodbye Be Glorious," and I don't, I don't remember, but it's it's got a title. Um, and Basil has given up. He is broken, as Abby mentioned. He is depressed. And he has accepted the fact that he and Dawson are going to die. That they lost. And Dawson gives him this big old pep talk. Yeah, this is where Dawson really... I wouldn't well, even call it's not really it a pep talk. It's more of like a get-your-crap-together yeah. talk. Yeah, kind of an, a, a, a wake-up slap. Yeah. yeah, it's like, what are you doing? Like, you're Basil of Baker Street. You've been... You've never been outbested, even in times worse than this. And, like... Super inspirational, but also kind of like a, this isn't about you. This is about Olivia and her father. I want to talk about why I love this scene so much. Okay. Do it, Adam. Because, like, the line he gives right after that is is, is essentially like, if you think we're done, if you truly think we've already lost, you might as well go ahead and spring this trap. And as soon as he said that, my mind clicked the exact second uh, uh, Basil's did, and it's so it's like a, oh my gosh, that's it, because there's a marble rolling <laughs> down that's going to hit them and spring the mouse trap and then do seven other things, and I'm like, spring the trap to catch the marble. If you do, if you time this right, you can do this. I'm so proud and of you, was, Adam. It, it just, I never would that, have picked up on that ever. I love this scene because it's again, he first of all is it's the culmination of their relationship of he helps keep him grounded in his head like basil has such an ego that it's like i have invested once i might as well give up before uh 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 dawson is just like no stop that um and then when he's planning out everything you can see his you can see the smoke coming out of his ears from how fast he's thinking <laughs> and in his plan All the man. he does take into account olivia too it's not a, oh, yeah, we got out. Oh, yeah, I guess we should free her, too. That is part of the plan. And I, mwah, it's perfect uh, culmination of their character Chef's arcs. kiss. And the best part is that he even took into account that they could get a picture out of it. At the end. <laughs> I was about to say, and then the cherry on the I cake. Love is like grabbing it. Olivia and Dawson, pulling them in. Smile, everyone. And then like the I said, the big grin on his face. Oh. <laughs> the comedic timing of this movie, I was not expecting it to be this good. This movie is so it's funny. So, it's, it's, the, the timing is tasteful. It's well done. Ugh. I had forgotten about the picture until you mentioned it, Abby. Ugh. <laughs> oh. That made it even better. That made an already incredible scene even better. I think I will say I think this is the one time where it feels a little Jupiter has aligned with Mars type thing, where it's like a <laughs> all right, but cool, we'll you were it. able to do all of this exactly. It's like it's such it's fun and it's 
it's off the heels of a very big character moment. So I'm like, cool. I'm gonna allow it. I'm I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna do this. It's cool. He didn't try to explain how he knew all that. You just hear him speaking in math. And <laughs> well, and you can probably do math better when you have adrenaline and the you know looming death over you. I mean, you may be able to do it faster. So and see, there's <laughs> girl math, there's boy math, and then there's mouth mouse math. I just ruined it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, mouth math. <laughs> mouth math. Mouth math. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Is that math that you have to speak out loud while you do it? Two plus two is four. <laughs> Anyways. I love you, Abby. Anyways, they escape um, and get a fabulous picture doing so. <laughs> and then they go to uh, the Queen Mouse Toria's palace. Because, by the way, Radigan's whole plan was to uh, replace the queen with a robot queen and be ruler himself, I have something to say about this. Um, okay. When I first, or when the scene started, and, you know, she opened the gift. First of all, terrible guards. They did awful at their job. Um, they got yoinked for a second. What are I, things? I'm like, I, how are you? Movie needs to happen, dropping it. I did, I did love that she looked at... Um, fidget and was like have you been with us long <laughs> or she was like okay. um but whenever the, the robot you. queen whenever it started like chasing her i legit this entire time while i was watching it i was like do not tell me that his grand scheme was to build something that was just meant to tie her up that was it that's what I thought this was about to be. be I was going to be so disappointed. Thing. No, no, no. It has to look like her. Sir, why do we need the toy maker? It has to look <laughs> like her. That ties her up. And then I go sit on the throne. And, uh, we can do that. No, no, no. It has to look like her. <laughs> they could have done it themselves. It would work for his personality. I wouldn't but then when surprised. I realized he was but using it to actually the, imitate and replace the queen, then I was like, okay, 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 we're good. Yeah. I do like that in the scene... Before, with them in the mousetrap, even in the like the the throes of his own misery, where he's like, it's all over. Uh, Dawson's like, well, what do we? Uh, what what's his plan? He's like, oh, I it, it's this. I already knew that. I'm like, whatever. It's something like he can't turn his brain off, and that kind of that kind of cracks me up. I love Basil. I love Basil. Um, so they're able to make it to the palace. But not before Radigan has already made the swap. And the queen, in air quotes, announces him to be whatever royal position. The people are idiots. Consort, I think. If they didn't realize how much this this, this thing was bobbing up and down, like, is she okay? Right. Um... He also, makes himself ruler in true British and starts form, reading new laws. He decides to tax things. The first <laughs> and foremost being the elderly, and the children and that weren't the already ripples. drowned. Apparently, and I was about to say if they don't pay up, they get drowned. <laughs> We've learned that. I like the uh, typical fashion of un. Unrolling the scroll of things that he has to read it's off, like and it's so long, long. it just goes all the way down. That's always fun. And so he's basking in his glory, reading all of the things that he's doing as ruler, when 
the robot queen starts talking badly about him, and he's confused and turns around and sees backstage that Basil is now controlling the robot queen and trash-talking him. And, of course, he's so shocked because he was positive his marvelous trap destroyed Basil. And so we have this whole final... Well, not final battle, but we have a moment, and it's revealed that the queen was a robot, and the queen also is able to, like, escape. And Ooh, Andrew, I love your Wicked Cup. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Hi, everyone. Adam here. In case you didn't remember, the distracted name is comes from we're all ADD. <laughs> My apologies. Um, the queen is able to, like, come back out and be like, no, bro's fake. Like, also... Toby gets to chase Felicia. Yeah, because the queen right was going to get fed to her. I That's right, right because he was trying to feed her. Yes. I love that. Felicia thought that she was safe. And then <laughs> she went into And then the dog said, bye, then, Felicia. Was it like the hunting? Oh, you stole it from me. I was trying to say that. <coughs> oh, gosh. I regret nothing. <laughs> Good, you should. No regrets, Adam, no regrets. Um, the queen is able to, of course, not be eaten by Felicia and re- reclaims her throne. And Radigan grabs Olivia again. This is very funny to me. I'm Actually, I think it was... He holds her over oh, the balcony and goes, Go, uh, if you come any closer, she gets it, and then immediately runs off with her, removing the threat. I know. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He's, I mean, he does, but he has henchmen that usually carry His out. His plan sure, failed so. and Basil caught up. He is completely thrown off at this point. What were you saying, Eddie? So he hops. Huh? Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Continue. Oh, okay. Moving right along there. That was cool. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, Radigan with the, once again, for like the third time, captured Olivia. Uh, jumped into Olivia his little hot air so balloon. PTSD after this. I know. Is it just me or does he the jumps hot into air his balloon little... look very similar to that from the Rescue Rangers? Right? It does. Although, technically, this came out first, so Rescue Rangers. Maybe they repurposed it. <laughs> they saw it and went, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. They Only the London rescue rangers. And like, hey, that's a good idea. The rescue rangers balloon is a red glove, I think. Probably. Because I think it's got like glove fingers on it. Regardless. I don't. Know. Anyways, we're not talking about rescue rangers today. So, um, he starts to escape, but Basil, always the quick thinker sees balloons and some wooden planks and rope and such and makes a makeshift hot air balloon that he and Dawson get on. I think Flaversham is there as well, Olivia's dad. Yes. But I I, I, I can't be certain. Yes. Um, Fidget at one point is like almost eaten by Felicia and then wasn't. And then I think, doesn't he fly up to Radigan's balloon? Yes, he's the one pedaling it. That's right, because then his, later his peg leg gets cut off, and he's got crippled wings, so he, when he falls, he like can't fly mm-hmm. or something. He almost um, tosses Olivia off, because he says they need uh, 
they need more. Uh, they need to lighten the load. And Radigan's like, oh, okay, and tosses Fidget off. Yeah, that's and right. And then has Radigan nobody pedaling. Yeah. So they all end up on Big Ben. Um, and by they, I mean Basil Radigan. Oh, they and crashed Olivia, into and they end up it. inside Big Ben. Well, like literally, yeah. they they quite literally uh, crashed into the glass. That's right, making a hole. Uh, but they, the three of them, end up inside a big bin, and this was, as I mentioned, CG. I thought it was really cool. All the gears moving and such. I thought so too, uh, and so of course they all nearly get crushed several times by different gears. Olivia sees that there's impending doom and sits there doing nothing. Um, I guess petrified also, by fright. I don't fright, think she really has anywhere else to I go. It's understandable, but... Bro, start running the opposite direction on the gear. Start climbing around the, the, the gear. It was one of those, like, it was really big. Like, it was taller than her. <laughs> Sorry, I'm defending her. I'm not going to defend her. <laughs> Still. I'm not going to defend her. <laughs> Carry I, on. I like that, uh, that Basil ask, actually risks his life to save her. See, I was talking, the character that's one of the, Considering he couldn't be bothered to remember her exactly, last name. Exactly. It shows the full character growth of like, oh, it is, he is now no longer just looking out for himself. He is worried about other people and and their um, safety, those that are close to him, his friends. Which is one of the things I love about yeah. this movie is that they have character growth. Proper <laughs> character arcs! Yeah. Dawson it's grows so as a refreshing. person. So, so he, he learns to... While, yes, he needs to keep... Uh, Basil grounded. He also needs to let him do his work as well, because you see in the beginning, and he's like, ah, this is how he got in, like we were talking about earlier. He's like, that's a tiny hole. There's no way he could have squeezed through. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, 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 look. Aha! And it opens. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's a lot of character growth in this movie, and I really like it. Uh, and at some point right around here is when Radigan goes, like, full feral. It's, oh, it's when his like when his cape gets like caught in the gears and Ra- and uh, 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 Basil takes her out, he, the, I thought he I thought he was about to get uh, Claytoned and just yeah. <laughs> I thought he was gonna get crushed by the gears. But then when yeah, you see he rips out I of that, you see the hair like, on his feral. back start standing up. That's when you're like, oh. oh. And he starts. <laughs> and he looks on like an actual rat. He looks very similar to the rat in uh, Lady in the Tree. I was about like, to yeah. say yes. I yeah, yeah. And so he and Basil and Olivia manage to get out of the inside of Big Ben, still on top of Big Ben, and they start to battle. Olivia is tossed and caught by Dawson on the hot air balloon. And then, through a series of fighting, uh, Radigan and uh, Basil both fall off of Big Ben. And they plummet down, down, down. But then... Luckily, Basil managed to get the little pedal propeller part of Radigan's destroyed ship and is able to I save love himself and get up that to it the wasn't like some big dramatic heroic like oh, I'm alive coming up, but it was just like peddling for his dear life. <laughs> yes, peddling with every ounce of energy and soul that he had left trying to get back up to the I made a joke like, yes, I have survived. Please help. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was able to not die. Woo. Like Radigan. Um, <laughs> and thus is the demise of Radigan. And 
Basil is fine. Olivia is safe. Flaversham has been rescued. And so Flaversham and Olivia have been reunited. And, of course, there's lots of thanking and hugging and crying and all that going around as they all, as Olivia and Flaversham depart. And Basil finally, I believe, does say her last name. No, he does not. He still says it wrong. Oh, no. He He still says it wrong with a knowing smile. But but it's very apparent that he's doing it on purpose this time. Yeah. I couldn't remember if it was that or if he actually said it right once just to get her to be like, oh, you did Oh, uh, no, I think but that... I, I thought way, that when he said it this last time, he was like, he had full confidence, like, yes, this is it. But it was still wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I would love that, actually. Um, and then as Watson is about to leave, Watson, uh, I found myself doing that all episode. I've done it both ways now, because at the beginning of the episode I called Watson Dawson, so full circle. As Dawson is about to leave, uh, another lady shows up there in search of Basil Baker Street My because she needs. Is that she was one of the dancers? <laughs> uh... <laughs> And she, I mean, she, she did kind of look similar. She did kind of look similar, and I know she had a good. She, she, she enjoyed the company of that one, that one very drunk guy who was up there dancing. He's like, "Oh, I have a problem. I'm sure he can help." <laughs> and Basil says, "Yes, we will work on whatever." Yada, I, yada. I, sorry. And Dawson's and like, "Really? I love this part." Yeah, he says, "I think we? this is where it really, really shows that Basil like has become a lot less self-centered." Because then when Dawson's like, okay, I best be going myself now, um, you could tell Basil was like, oh, or you could not. He's, he was going to get He's lonely. looking for an excuse to keep him around. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not sociable enough yet to just be like, no, 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 stay. I enjoy having you around. He, he, he can't. That, that's not right. He has to, there has to be a reason, though. There has to be a reason. And so when the opportunity mm-hmm. presents itself, he leaps on it. <laughs> and it's like, well, I thought you might want to be my permanent partner once the, once the opportunity of another case arises. Mm-hmm. And so they have formed their partnership, and the rest is history. Yeah. Woo! And that is the Did Great it. Mouse Detective. Yay! This movie was ah, so much fun. Movie. It really was. It's so fun. It's such a cute movie. Um, and in talking about how cute and wonderful it is, we're going to talk about some favorites. So first, we'll start with the one of the easier ones is favorite song because there's only three songs in the movie, but there's only one right answer. So. <laughs> Andrew, give me your answer. Radigan. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good. You passed. Adam. I absolutely love the song that talks about drowning widows and orphans. <laughs> <laughs> I did love it, just the pettiness of him recording his own song to play for Basil. Oh, man. I don't, like, surprisingly, surprisingly, I, 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 my answer obviously is Radigan, but I don't think there's a bad song in here. All three are no. actually pretty good. I think all three of them are pretty Radigan's fabulous. just the best. <laughs> Oh, Abby's about to, to go ahead, Abby. What's your favorite? Return the apple cart. Um, well, <laughs> I <laughs> I liked Rabbit. Do it, do it. I did. It just wasn't it's as just catchy so as I was expecting um, it to be. Um, I really liked says, the oh, bar well. song actually. 
Whoa! Against the grain. Let's it was go. really catchy, and I, I liked it. Despite you know the some of the weird moments, I I I liked it a lot, and she had a good voice. Well, she was a professional singer, the the voice actress, which is so but, weird. Um, they brought in a so... professional singer for this for this character that sang a one song in one scene and was never in the movie again. Well, they said if we're going to have a character sing a song, may as well have a good voice. Yeah. I mean, it's Disney, I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. the only other person that sang a song was, like, the background chorus slash Vincent Price. And Vincent Price, yeah. So, like, it was going to be good, and then you have this one other song, may as well have a good singer. But, Abby, even though your answer's wrong, I won't <laughs> shun you for it. Um, but my favorite's Radigan. I've, I love that song. It's just so fun. It's I've always loved a good villain song, and it's definitely not the best villain song ever. It's actually far from the best villain song, but it's a good one. It's not bad. It's a good one for sure. It it really it's a great way that that the movie is able to set up Radigan as a character through that song. So, um, favorite character. Let's talk about characters. Oh. I know that that's a little a little difficult because there's a lot of good ones here, but we will. We'll see what we can do. Andrew. Oh, don't do this to me. Okay, Toby. we can jump to Abby. She seems to <laughs> Okay. No, um, um, Basil, I think, is my favorite for sure. He's got the most character growth in this movie. It's, the, the movie's called The Great Mouse Detective. Um, but he's, he's just so fun. He's got so much, like, quirkiness and weirdness to him, but he's still incredibly competent and intelligent. Um, and it's fun to watch those two kind of sides of him, like, battle it out every now and then. Um, and, like, he de- tr- truly develops quite a fondness for Olivia um, towards the end. And it's really, really uh, cute and pure and really nice to see. And just the working relationship with Dawson as they go along. And you get to see how they start to understand each other and really start to work well together. Um and uh, he, he's just he's Sherlock Holmes but as a mouse like he's he's wonderful I love him he's he's my favorite but it, that's a hard one this movie had a lot of good characters it is it's not easy Abby you seem very excited to give so us I was your gonna answer. say the same thing absolutely Basil 100% because I love that they didn't make him perfect Alicia, despite you know him being you know, the main character and this supposed genius, they gave him flaws, they gave him growth, and, you know, that he made mistakes and he, you know, he was selfish at times and stuff, but he had a lot of growth, and I just, I loved his character, and he was absolutely hilarious, also. Yeah, I think I have to agree. I was tempted to pick Fidget, because he's such a goober. <laughs> and he's, Candy Candido does a great job as Fidget. Didn't but Candy Candido I, I think say I that agree. Was his favorite character to voice. Yes, he did. He did say that. Um, but I think I agree. Basil is so multifaceted as a character, and there's like a lot of genuine growth. Like, I, and I, I love that we're finally getting to movies that have characters that truly grow and learn and change throughout the movie. Like we just talked about Copper a couple movies ago and his uh-huh. dynamic growth and change throughout the movie. Like I love that we're finally getting this where it's not just a stagnant character. Yeah, it's not I'm the, this is the character. I'm the sleepy one, so I yawn twelve times. 
in a minute. Like this is when like storytelling in movies really started to do uh, get better yeah. in this era, and you started to get actual story uh, and like character development and and like really good storylines and and like movies started to get like really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I I think it's ooh frog in my throat um i think specifically in talking with you guys about it i was reminded of just how much i love basil um and then adam go ahead and i absolutely out. love basil he's he's got such a great like you guys said character he's arc sweet. he's not my favorite <gasps> dawson you had to say something dawson Andrew. is my favorite that's I a good agree. one too, he is though. such i it's so good in any movie to see somebody who just genuinely has a good heart and he's just such a kind soul that really helps basil become the greatest he can be and is doing his best to help in any way he can i think his um his character he has a much smaller character arc but of Mm -hmm. learning to like trust and motivate basil and uh just caring for olivia and how actually how much he beats himself up whenever something happens to her when she was under his charge. Oh my gosh, whenever she gets kidnapped, I, I didn't mention this earlier, I honestly get emotional when I think about how emotional he it, was. It wrecks Olivia him! Was kidnapped. Like, like it, it really makes me emotional seeing how wrecked he's he like is. He's like a sweet It's such grandpa. a good moment. He's, I love him. He's my favorite. He, he's just <laughs> such a sweetheart and such a nice guy. Also, every time we've said Dawson, uh, my brain has thought Dawson's Creek, and so I've been trying not <laughs> to sing, I don't want to <laughs> wait for my life to be over. That was the theme song. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, and then we can finish up with uh, favorite and least favorite moments. Um, Andrew, I've started with you every time if, if you're able. If not, I've got my answers prepared. So, um, I think my favorite moment might be when... Toby gets to chase Felicia <laughs> just because I like it's fun because I'm like I don't like Felicia she's just a, a mean cat um, not that all cats she's are mean she's a bad here. mark There's she's a bad mark on the Disney cat page add another one to the tally <laughs> Toby's just I such know. a good dog and he's so cute and he finally gets to get after her and then she falls into the dog you know we've yet to see like a bad dog well there Disney, was the dogs but, like, in Bambi cats that are pieces that Okay, thank you for saying that because I was feeling really upset that cats had such a bad rap and dogs didn't. So that makes me feel a little better. Um, oh gosh, what's my least favorite moment? Um, gosh, that's tough. There isn't one. Yay! Um, I'd like to apologize for, for meowing. My cat Paddington just walked up to me. He heard we were talking about mice, so he had to come interject. Um, I, 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 I guess at the bar? It, it, the song goes on a little too long, and it's a little out of place in a kid's movie. But I didn't mind it that much, but it... I think would be my least favorite out of the movie like there weren't many other parts of this movie that i didn't care for it's a really good movie and doesn't get the amount of love it deserves honestly in the mainstream disney stuff um 
so yeah, I'm gonna go with the the bar scene. Like there were some good gags there, but overall, it's just a weird song to have in a kids movie, and it goes on a little longer than I would like. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam. So my favorite is the trap scene. Uh, whatever, because uh, uh, like I've said previously, perfect culmination of their arts. It's, I think it's such a good, just a, a good victory for the heroes when all seems lost. It never, like, as much as Dawson kind of starts chewing him out a little bit, it never feels like the heroes are, uh, are like, turning against each other or, like, done. No, it like, doesn't feel like they're at each other's throats or anything like It doesn't that. feel like they're blaming each other. It's just more of a, come on, man, we got to get out of this. You got to snap out of this. And it's You're just, Basil. Come on! It's so much fun yeah. to watch all the, the whole chain reaction. Rue Goldberg. It's just great. Yeah. Uh, my my There's least favorite the same as yours. Goldberg, mm -hmm. I, my my least favorite the same as yours. Uh, the the bar scene. I think it goes on quite a bit too long, uh, and it to it's a weird tone shift that I'm like, I don't think it's horrible. It just feels. This is the one thing that I'm like. This feels a little out of character. This feels a little out of place for this movie. At, yeah, out of place. Abby and it's not, um, it's not terrible. Getting ready for her answer. <laughs> it's not terrible, and that just kind of shows to uh, goes to show how good the movie is. Exactly. No, I, I agree with both of your answers, Adam. Um, my favorite, I was having a hard time deciding because any time that Basil is in detective mode, I loved every scene of that where he's oh, yeah. like figuring it out and like working through things, but because of all the reasons you mentioned of all those scenes my favorite is the trap because it's got basil detective mode but it's also got the the pinnacle of all of the character growth and their arcs and such yeah, that um, and then you also have up there for me the, as well. the peak of of radigan's being petty <laughs> as well and the fact that he's so extra that he recorded himself singing <laughs> a two like, minute just, song and as well the picture at the end like it's, I know, <laughs> like, it's so, it's just a great scene. It is so good. It's a, it was a great way to bring, like, to, to introduce the climax of the movie. I think it was, it was a fabulous way to start bringing in, like, the final act of the film. Um, and then my least favorite is the bar. I mentioned that earlier. It, it feels the most disjointed. Like, almost the entire movie feels so cohesive in its tone and its pacing. But the bar scene just feels very disjointed and different it doesn't fit in comfortably like the rest of the movie does at least in my opinion um and it was too long as well like y'all said i just didn't enjoy it um yeah Abby? um same as you and adam both the favorite and least favorite um the the trap scene it was just it's that pinnacle um turning point for the hero you know when it's like, okay, he snaps out of it, he remembers why they're there, you know, he, you know, like you said, the intro to the climax. Um, just wrapped perfectly in a beautiful yeah, little bow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you locked it in! Um, okay. I, I think just no. the, the cherry on top, the little, the wrapped in a bow is that picture at the end that they did. And then he just, they had time for that. I don't think have well. able to bring up a new point of it. It's so, I love it. But, um, and then the bar scene just felt the most out of place. So good, though, but... Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's wrap up with our final thoughts and rankings. Um, Andrew, are you ready to do so? Yes. 
I didn't cool. realize I had muted my mic. Sorry. No, that's um, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's a good, fun, like, mystery, like, detective movie. Very Sherlock Holmes, but as a cartoon, <clears throat> you know, with talking mice for kids, with fun references to some Sherlock stuff for, like, true Sherlock fans. Um, Musker and Clemens, like, this is their first time really working together as, like, directing, and they absolutely nailed it, and, you know, which just, it just paves the way for several more great movies to come that, that they, that they helm in the future that are just incredible movies, and it, you know, watching this just has me so excited for their next one, which I'm pretty sure I remember which one is the next one that they do, um, uh, but like it's it's so fun like it, it's so much comedy but done in a very smart way that doesn't like take away from the movie in any way or the story they tell the story very well these characters are well rounded um, it's uh, you know got a really good villain in Radigan he may not be the best there are some other ones that have better like villain songs or better schemes um, but like it's it's such a good movie. You know, you can't help but have a good time watching this movie, and I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. Oh, I really yeah! It. I may be setting the bar way too high, but I really enjoyed this movie, and I no regrets, as we said earlier. <laughs> we did say that earlier. Um, Adam, I really liked this movie. It was just fun, and never felt like the. The story was never sacrificed for the fun, and I think it's it's a detective movie that is not super focused on the mystery in a very good way to where I don't feel like I have to be double and triple checking everything that is said, mentioned, or done. I get to just kind of sit back and enjoy it. Um, it's the character... We these, these are the best character arcs we have seen thus far, like bar none. Thus far, these are the best, and the characters are both likable but with flaws. Like when I first started watching, I'm like, "Wow, Basil's a jerk. I like him." Because that's why I really liked Peter Pan, because he's like kind of a terrible person. It's fun to watch somebody like that, but also you get to see the heart, and you get it's so good. I I, I think Radigan is probably the weakest part of this movie, and that's saying something because he's great. I, uh, with uh, talking about it, it just made me like it more, so I bumped my score up a little bit uh, by one point, and I am giving this a 9 out of 10. Wow. One of us. One of us. The blanket's <laughs> dry today, boys! <laughs> Abby, go ahead and give Can us your final thoughts. t-shirt, the blanket's dry today. <laughs> B-O-I-Z. I loved this movie so much. Um, I was very excited for it and was very pleased when I watched it. This is one of those movies I feel like I can actually confidently say, which in the past we have not been able to confidently say, is that it had so much potential and it actually delivered on it with this type of story. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the characters. I loved the character growth. I just loved that it was very consistent. It kept going in the same direction, and it didn't stray except for that one bit, but it wasn't even that much. Um, 
And like you said, Adam, it never tried to be anything that it wasn't. Um, and it was just, it was so good. And I, I just, I loved it. I was gonna give it an 8 out of 10, but I cannot let Adam score higher than me on this. So <laughs> I am also gonna give it a 9 out of 10. I, I love it. One of us. <laughs> I agree with all of you guys. This is a phenomenal movie. It is not the best movie that we've... Well... It's not the best movie we've covered so far, and it's not going to be the best movie that we will cover. It's probably one of my favorites, actually, it is so great. far. Not going to lie. It is great. And, you know, I did not remember enjoying this movie as much as I did this time. Like, I didn't remember enjoying it on my first viewing. I thought you did because you were so excited for ex- us to watch it. So remember, you keep saying that you were excited for it. Like I remembered enjoying the movie, but I didn't remember. At like, this point, even it. a decent movie in in the in the like past three or four stinkers is not a bad thing. And like like I said in the the opening, I enjoyed watching this movie a lot. Like when I watched it, I had a good time. But as always, talking about it with you guys made me like it just that much more. If it's a good movie, like, talking it's just, about it together it makes it bump up a little. If it's not a good movie, talking about it together will bump it down more. Yeah. <laughs> we do feed Mom our mentality, baby. Also, <laughs> I was also going to give it an 8, but after hearing all of you guys one talk about us. it, I think I have to one give it a 9. Yes. One, one of us! us. One, one of us! <laughs> so... I'm going to submit to peer pressure, which you should never do that, Always children. Always do that, children. That's Woo. bad. Unless it'd be um, really cool, too. <laughs> that is four nines. 36. That is a 36 out of 40. That is one of our higher rankings for Shorzies. I think the only ones that top it are Robin Hood and Winnie the Pooh? I think so. Actually... Just Robin Hood. Uh, Winnie the Pooh is also 36. Okay, okay. I, I couldn't say, remember. There's no way. No, this is tied That's with the right. mini adventures. Robin Hood is still the best until like but, um, a couple more. Movies. Yeah, wait till that Renaissance for, era. For it'll, context, <laughs> it'll go down. For context, Ooh. the movie that we covered previously, The Black Cauldron, it was eighteen. Was in eighteen. It was half of what this movie was, <laughs> quite literally. That's funny. So, dude, I'm um, you, when Musker and Clemens do a movie, a movie, they do it right. Oh yes, they make that Disney magic. They do. Now, I'm not sure. I, I obviously haven't done the research yet, but they I, I'm thinking they may be the directors on the next movie we're going to cover. Which, I don't know about the next one, but the one after that, I know they did. Well, I know they did the one after yeah. that, but I can't remember if they did the next one. We'll find out. Uh, normally, this is where I would do plugs, but this has just been a very busy season for everybody, so we don't have any um, comments. or no, I mean, new reviews or emails. Re- reviews or emails. Um, if you'd like to leave a review, for you. <laughs> um, iTunes and Apple Music, you can leave a written review, which is really great for algorithms, and it helps other people find us. Um, so let us know what you think of us. And then if you want to ask us any questions or anything, we've got an email address. You can send us uh, any questions or your opinions on any specific movie we've covered or whatever. Uh, that's... Uh, I just almost said my own personal email, and that's not <laughs> Everybody, email um, him directly. He wants to hear you. No. His phone number himself. is... His social his security. <laughs> We're going to dox you, Aaron. <laughs> my mother's maiden name is... <laughs> the name first of your first pe- name. 
<laughs> Actually, someone from Spotify emailed me on my personal email trying to do a collaboration with us, and I was like, first of all, There's, wait, really? First of all, this is a second scam. <laughs> I was like, I don't. It was. I was it, there. It was I remember that. Vibes, I was there so. that day, and you were like, yeah. I, I don't know. I it was, was just very odd. If, you, if it was directly to the distracted email, I would have been more considerate of it, but it was like my email. So, if you who are the distracted if, email were like, we talk to us on there and we'd love to talk about collaboration opportunities and nothing. Yeah, so if, if, if the listener who is trying to collaborate with us, uh, if you're listening, um, you emailed the wrong place. Try again. <laughs> oh, they did end up sending the same email to the distracted email. Oh, really? But, um, it was like the same word for word thing, so I don't know how to say it. Hey, if you're the listener that sent that, in the middle of the email, so say, we know it's real. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yes, if it's if it's no. real. I was like, let's give a keyword. <laughs> giraffe. Giraffe. Okay. Word or emoji, either one. We'll know. We'll, you, we'll know. We're on the inside. Um, but anyways, that email is distractedqoc at gmail dot com. Qoc is in quartet of chaos. Obviously. Um, so send us an email if you so choose. We love hearing from you guys. We get we've gotten many emails that are always really fun. Um, most of them, actually all of them, make us laugh, and they're a good time. We love hearing from oh, you guys. Absolutely. So send us an email. Um, and then finally, what we're covering next. So for the four of you, if you don't know, know, and then for anybody that's listening along, or even if you are watching the movies with us, I know some of our listeners are watching alongside us, um, so they can be prepared for episodes. Our next movie is Oliver and Company. Oh. And if I am mis- and if I am not mistaken, this is the last in the Dark Age of Disney, isn't it? That is correct. Yep. After, After Oliver and Company, we enter the Renaissance. The and of so the actually... In honor of finishing up the Dark Ages, we are going to have our second ever returning guest on the next I episode. Know who it is. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil who it is. I will. It's for you listeners. <laughs> no. Oh no, to, Andrew's uh, audio got lost. <laughs> oh no. You'll have to tune in next time to figure out who it is, but Save we're gonna have a nice time. special guest Save for you. Um to finish up the Dark Ages before we jump <laughs> up into the bright renaissance the adhd is going um, strong so tonight i'm sorry <laughs> the four the three of you the four of us don't forget to go do your homework watch oliver and yep, company yep. um to the to the rest of you thanks for tuning in um we love you guys this is of course always so much fun for us we hope you guys enjoyed as much as we do um i'm excited to go to 1980s new york and cover some cool animals and get to hear some Which Billy is, Joel. Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> so excited to see a cool twist on a, on a classic story mm-hmm. and get to talk with you guys some more. And again, I, I mentioned this on the Black Cauldron episode, but we have <laughs> quite a busy couple months ahead of us. Um, one of us is getting married days. soon. 12 As of days. Recording this. One of us is getting married soon. 12 days. As of recording this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we've got Thanksgiving and Christmas so and all that. There's a very good so, chance we will be married by the time this comes out, depending on Aaron's editing schedule. Well, I, I think this? I'll there's have a chance that you will, or the wedding, there's a 100% chance you will be married by the next episode that comes out. Uh, I, I, Probably. Oh, 
we're trying to backlog <laughs> some episodes. My goal is to get a, a fair amount of episodes pre-recorded so that way we can still get them out to you guys on a regular schedule, even if we're not able to record on a regular schedule because of the holiday season coming up and with Andrew's wedding coming up. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work. We tried to do that over the past couple weeks, but it took us two weeks to record this one episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it may not happen, but um, we're, we're going to do our best to keep getting episodes out to you in a timely a fashion. Lot, but just know if... Milo's fault. If I know. <laughs> yeah, most definitely my cat's fault. Definitely. Um, but if, if there is a gap in between some episodes, just know we're, we're not gone. We're, it's just busy and we didn't have time to get an episode recorded. Andrew had to be complicated and go get married. How so. dare I fall in love. Um, <laughs> I know. Anyways, um, try not to get too distracted. We absolutely will. We already did, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Farewell. And remember, dear listeners, it's all elementary. Elementary. No, it's my thing! (laughs) (laughs) The Distracted Podcast is inspired by Disorder, every Disney film, which is a part of the Real Fans for Real Movies network. However, we are not affiliated with this network. We simply like the idea. Distracted Quartet of Chaos is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company, and our opinions should not be associated with such. So wait, we're we're paused right now? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. I get list, I get girl. Uh, out of my system, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs>